Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name. Already, it's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. You see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of hurricane, that's never still put a damage to What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. Welcome. Only half an hour late, but it's on me, bro. I'll take it in the chin because everybody wants to remind me how late I am to the show. And, um... I really don't care. So, yeah. Uh, Vish, Max, what's going on, fellas? What's up? Uh, the, the shakes finally caught up to Vish, apparently. So, you know. It's been, been a rough 48 hours, but not, not as rough as it's been for Gino, apparently. Vish <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing, uh, playing a hurt here today, so we appreciate it, man. And we've got uh, uh, Max all the way from uh, the beautiful, sunny state of California, A. Hasn't been very sunny recently, although it is today. Not here either. So you know, it's been it's been gloomy and dark, and vicious dealing with this with this. With yeah, the, with yeah. The there, there's a perpetual haze. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> man! It's crazy. It's crazy around around everywhere in in, in all parts of the country. But uh, yeah, obviously we're here uh, as we just got breaking news a few hours ago, about four or five hours ago, that uh, Gino Demar, the head baseball coach for the University of Miami baseball team, has. Uh, officially stepped down, resigned, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of speculation on whether, you know, he was, uh, you know, it wasn't really a step down, right? So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit now. And we will also discuss maybe some uh, some possibilities, some names out there. Obviously, some of the obvious names. And then we'll kind of go outside the box a little bit. So we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, and what this, what this does potentially for not only the recruiting classes, but the guys that are now that are still in the program now. So we'll kind of get into a little bit of everything. Uh, this is exciting. I know we can go two or three hours on this. We can go four hours on this stuff, probably talking about uh, baseball. But um, 
let's first start off with your kind of your reactions. Um, of, you know, Max, you're the guest, so we'll 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 throw it to you first, man. Your reaction initially when you found out um, that you know Gino was stepping down as Kane's uh, head coach. Yeah, shout out, shout out, my guy Jim. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep his last name anonymous. He uh, he gave me a phone call uh, earlier in the day, letting me know that that Gino had stepped down, and I was like, "Now you're you're pulling my chain." And he was like, "No, I'm 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 dead serious." Like he literally just stepped down. Um, and I at first I couldn't kind of believe it, and then as I started to think about it more and more, it started to make a lot more sense to me. Uh, so I I kind of get it. Uh, but it was still kind of shocking at the same time. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited because now we get to go through another coaching search. I know, hope it's not as long as our football coaching searches are for our coordinators and stuff like that, but, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time and I'm looking forward to researching and learning as much about the new coaches, uh, as I can. This you you know you've kind of been an advocate for you know everybody that's kind of been calling for Gino's head for the last few years, you know we we keep going back to and, and with good reason right you always bring up good points I mean we were the national a national seed last year we were right outside a national seed this year at number nine, uh you know we're winning forty plus games a year the recruiting classes are not bad I mean we're number eight uh, actually someone corrected me on Twitter recently twenty twenty four class is number eight right now. 2023 class, I'm not too sure. I uh, Like I said, I got mixed up with 23 and 24, but still top 10 classes all around, right? Gino and the staff always gets the best of the best. And I know a lot of people are, are also saying, well, he needs to recruit better. And It's not much better that you can do in recruiting top 10 classes and having four or five guys get drafted in the top five rounds half the time, right? I mean, it's it's tough to do better than that. However, there is a science to this, right? You see some of these teams like the Vanderbilts and Floridas and LSUs and so on and so forth that still recruit top 10 classes and seem to keep some of their big name guys in school. And then you've got, and this is where you see the discrepancy a lot of the times in, in, in pitching staffs and things like that, right? Uh, you, you've been, as I mentioned, I, I kind of went on a, a tangent there, but you've been an advocate for keeping Gino on staff and, you know, because he's doing a great job. And I think he, he did a hell of a job this year with what was, you know, what was given to him as far as pitching staff and so on. What was your initial thought process when you saw that Gino was stepping down? Do you think this was more of a push out or, you know, how, how did you feel about the whole situation? Yeah, well, first of all, just in terms of Gino's tenure here, I, I think we you need to recognize that this team missed the NCAA tournament the last two years before he took over. Immediately he fixed that and they've gotten better pretty much every year since then, obviously – we have the the what if season of 2000 where it was loaded and playing like some of the best baseball in the country. We're definitely going to be a, probably a top two or three national seed. And obviously the season just gets canceled. Um, so maybe that would have been the, his crowning jewel that then the, the follow ons wouldn't have happened, but really three years in a row should have gotten out of regionals and didn't. Um, and, you know, two years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't at home, it was in Gainesville, but UF lost twice without playing us. So you just had to beat the non-UF teams there and, and didn't lost to USF and South Alabama, and that's just not acceptable. The, the, one of the reasons I was more defending him, though, is 
I mean, it's so hard to get from what nine to fourth or nine to fifth or to, to do that kind of incremental improvement. And I still can't pinpoint exactly what he's doing wrong to cause these postseason failures. And and to me, that that was why I was like, I don't see how you can you can you can fire fire him when you know this is a top ten program year in year out now. Like, how do you get from ten to one? What coach is going to make that happen? You're much more likely to do what Florida State did. Um, now, in terms of my initial reaction, was just shocked. I did not expect to see that come across today. I was planning on staying in bed and throwing up into a trash can like I had been. So I'm sitting here with you guys now. So that wasn't great timing, Gino. Um, but um, uh, the uh, after that kind of wore off, you know, you start thinking, okay, was this really was this a resignation or was this kind of a force out? My guess, without any knowledge, is it was probably somewhere in the middle. They probably came to him with some demands about, you know, this is the, you know, setting expectations for next year. Um, maybe talking to him about some changes on his staff. And, you know, Gino's been with the program 24 years. He's won championships here as a player, as a coach. And I could totally see that him looking at that and saying, you know what? You know, Paul Damari passed away this year. Like, I don't need to do this anymore. And I, I think that's kind of where it landed. So it's probably a little bit in the middle of that, like not straight up resign or we're going to fire you, but probably these are the things you need to do to be the co-chair. And, and I don't think he was, and, and someone who has been with Miami that long, who's accomplished as much as he has, probably not going to take kindly to that kind of direction. Right. Well, and not only that, I mean, I think people need to realize also, I mean, he's been through a lot this year, right? You know, the passing of his father, uh, there's been a lot of things that are going on with this program. Yeah, I did miss the memo, apparently. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough. It's been a tough year, and you know, he did he did great with with you know with what what was dealt to him, the hand that was dealt to him, especially in the pitching staff, losing a couple guys early on. I know we spoke about this early this week, but you know, losing losing a couple a couple big time arms early on, and then of course Ligon kind of struggling throughout the year with his arm issues. Uh, and you, you never really settled into having that, you know, that uh, that number one guy, that Friday night starter, really. Gage Zeal, you know, did what he could. But, uh, you know, it's 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 tough, man. It's tough because I see one side of it. Max, I see the side that Vish is talking about, right? Like bringing, you know, kind of improving this team ever since he's been there. Uh, the national seed last year, the, the ninth seed this year. But then I also see the other side, right? Like this is – you got to get past regionals, man. You're hosting regionals. You got to get past it. You're not getting past it. What is causing that? Is it the coach? Is it the players? It, it's tough, right? So when you hear people say, well, I'm glad that he's gone. I'm glad that now we can, you know, get a get a coach that, that's going to put us over the hump. I, 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 don't, I don't know. And, you know, Max, you know a little bit about this, man. I don't know how hard people realize it is, how difficult it is to to get a head coach in baseball, in college baseball, and immediately come – how do you make this team better, right? Like this is – I mean, you're already up there. You're hosting regionals. You're a top 10 uh, program in the country. It's going to be tough for whoever else comes in and tries to pick up where he left off, right? Yeah, no, I mean it's definitely going to be tough to to pick off where he left off, but I think there there may be some good candidates. I haven't done a ton of research as this, like I just got off work recently, so uh, I haven't had a ton of time 
to, to really dig into it. But there are some candidates out there, some names I've heard floating around that, that I think could potentially take us over that hump. Um, but again, I think, and I was talking to Vish before the show, I think now was the perfect time to do it because when you think about the roster, you're, you're retooling pretty much the whole roster. Third base is gone. Shortstop's gone. First base is gone. You might lose right field. You're losing your, your fourth outfielder and Dario Gomez. You're losing a couple of your pitchers. Um, you're losing some other backups. Like the whole roster is basically going to be new. You know, we have, we have three catchers who none of them really stood out this year other than Perez's power, but it kind of just went away the whole, I mean, he couldn't hit the whole last half of the season. Um, it's going to be a whole new roster next year. So we'll just maybe just rip the bandaid off, get it over with. Um, next year might not have been the best way to, to see what Gino can do because the whole roster is going to be new. So maybe you just get rid of him now and, uh, you know, assuming that he got forced out, um, but I also, yeah. see it, I also see it this way. Like, you bring up a great point, right? Like, he may have seen the writing on the wall with this team as well. He said, hey, I may have to completely retool sure. the whole entire team. I'm not up for that right now. And then if I go, if I put up a, an FSU type of year with a, a brand new team, whether it's via the transfer portal or recruiting, which, by the way, remember, it's only 11.7 scholarships in baseball. Not the full 25 or 30 guys are on, are on full scholarships, right? So it's harder in baseball to recruit really, really good talent as well. Mm-hmm. But now you, you put all that together and you say, hey, you know, I don't want to, you know, I've, I've, I've done what I can. I've, I've, you know, had my fun here 24 years, national championships, everything. I think it's time for me to go and have a guy bring in his, you know, his own, his own players, his own coaches and kind of retool that way. And, and he may get a longer leash. He will, right? Because if he does that, if Gino does that next year, then it, it, it looks ugly. He might get canned and it might look ugly. He, they may have kind of, like like this said, it might have been in, in, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing is, there's no there's no guarantee with a new coach that it gets. There's no guarantee with him it gets better. And I mean, baseball is not meant to be played over one and two game sample size. And you know, you can do all the improvements you want to the program. It's like making that one pitch, that one game, that determines everything. I mean, great example of that is Duke is still playing. And Miami proved over the last couple of weeks they're a much better team than Duke, and they beat, beat them consistently. And then, you know, Duke got a, a better draw, um, didn't run into any power conference teams like like Miami did with Texas there, who won the Big 12 and was a two seed. And then, you know, that that's that's the way baseball works sometimes. So mm-hmm. from his perspective, I think also he's probably a little bit out of answers in terms of what do I do to fix this? Um, we can – analyze some of the mistakes he made, but ultimately it was Texas had two pitchers better than anyone on Miami staff other than Walters. And, and that was, that was the end of it. They got to two and O based off of that. So I, I think it's just, it's tough. It's tough to win. And it's, it's tough to, to get so dominant that you can just like walk through regionals. You just can't, you're not going to be that good. And so I, I don't know. I think he's probably, just out of ideas as well. Just like, what do I do differently? And, and like Max said, there's a big rebuild coming this year, losing a lot of players. So if you're thinking about stepping away, you know, this might, might be the time. Um, AO, and by the way, shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, AO brings up a good question. And I think. No, AO never brings up anything good. Look, look, keep your Miami flow in-house fighting on that network. 
Hey, oh, I tried, bro. Shout out to Average Kings fan. I tried, bro. I tried, you know. Uh, they got a new show name now. Oh, yeah? What, what is it now? Miami Mayhem. Is that what it's called now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Miami Mayhem show. Look at that. Okay. Shout out. I like that. I like that. That's a cool, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. Um, this is a good question, right? Have they ever talked about restructuring the baseball scholarship system? I know that they've spoken about it. I know that it's weird. 11.7 scholarships. Do any of you have any insight as to why it's not full 25? Is it a is it a budget thing? Is it a money? Oh, obviously, at the end of the day, it's always about money. But is it a money thing? Can, can any of you kind of shed some light to that? Because the NCA knows exactly what they're doing. That's right. my answer. I mean, so 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 just to be clear in terms of how under invested in college baseball is just I think this year or the year before they finally allowed the third assistant coach to actually be a paid coach. So like if you're watching the college world series three years ago, the guy coaching first base or the guy coaching third, the not head coach was a volunteer assistant. Cause the NCAA would not let them pay a third assistant coach. So this is that level of sports and, and, and why it's why they're so restrictive. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, it's the way the NCAA operates, keep all the money as much as they can in their own hands and who they're negotiating with the schools who also it's in their best interest to not give out like the players don't have any advocacy. So who's going to advocate for them to increase the scholarships. And the truth is right. As far as NIL is concerned, it's not a huge player in baseball, like it is in football and, and, and even basketball. I think it's, again, it plays third fiddle here. Um, and that's, that's well, well, the, the ability of one player to impact yeah. baseball. I mean, look at the angels. Right. And the, the Angels have two. Yeah, it still is like one player in baseball. Is not, you need to build the whole team out to do it. To they do have once every few Angels years. have possibly the two best players in baseball. And they are really not very good. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, that's baseball. Yeah. It, oh, it, it, I didn't see this. Did you see this? Looks like Renzel's in the portal. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about that a uh, couple of days ago, and it's not a surprise, right? We kind of mentioned him as a possibility to be in the portal, so. Uh, but let's 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 all right. Let's bring it back around because we were talking about uh, you know potential candidates uh, moving forward. Now, before I get into this list, because I have a really good list here of uh, fifty names. It's fifty. I'm not going to go over fifty names. The fifty names to watch on the 2023 college coaching market. So that's there's, there's actually some really good names there. Let's kind of go over the obvious ones right off the bat that a lot of people are probably going to talk about. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off number one with a guy that's already on the staff, right? JD Artiaga. I know a lot of people want him gone as well. He may decide to move on, but he's he's one of the obvious ones. He's been with the program 21 years now as a pitching coach. Obviously, he's quite possibly the best pitcher ever to play at Miami. Um, what you know? How do you guys feel about maybe keeping a guy like Artiaga? He's not going to stay on staff as a pitching coach if he if they're, they're going to do anything with him. And again, we're talking about budgets and money here. Promoting Artiaga as to, to to the head coach and then bringing in other guys is that a, a potential? Do you think you can see something like that happen? We'll start with you, uh, Bishop. Uh, we'll go around this way. Um, no, I, I don't see that happening. I think the only way that happens is if it was really just they love Gino, they want him to stay, and he's like, like we mentioned, Paul Demari passes here, and he just wants to. He literally just like I want to spend more time with my family. I'm not doing this anymore. That's the only way I could see JD getting the job. If there was any kind of 
you know, talk of we need to improve this or that, or this needs to get better. You don't just hand it to the uh, assistant coach. And then I don't think, I don't think JD's sticking around whether by, I don't think it's going to be his choice to be honest, the new coach will come in and want to bring in his, his people. So I would expect him to go too. He's actually been here longer than Gino and it would be kind of odd for him to just continue to stick around at this point. So I, I don't, don't see any, any way JD is, is, is here next year. You feel the same way, Max? Yeah, I just don't see it. I, I think pitching has been a problem, and it wouldn't make sense to make that move. That's a that's a Blake James move, if you ask me. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you on that. All right, so so moving moving ahead, just off the top of my head, some guys that maybe are you know that are past you know legacy guys, guys that have been in the program, uh, played or coached. Uh, the first two guys that come to mind for me are, you know, the one obvious one is John Jay, who's, uh, uh, I believe he's a hitting coach or he's just a bench coach over with the, with the Miami Marlins. Um, and then we've got Paco Figueroa, who's also a, I believe he's the first base coach with the Philadelphia Phillies, or he's he's uh, in the um, in the organization as well. Those two guys are the guys that, you know, with major league experience uh, that have, you know, that are still coaching, that, are, that have played at UM before. Uh, that I, I kind of can think of right off the bat. Do any of those two names kind of strike you as a possibility to come and join this program? You know, the head coach is strong. It's tough for me because, you know, they're, they're still really young. However, you've got some really young head coaches right now in college baseball, 34, 35, 36-year-old guys. Can you see something like that, Max, with, or with a guy like John Jay or Paco? I could see it. Um, I think John Jay's been – around the program a lot the last couple of years uh, and has exactly what Smash Bro just said, a ton of ties to South Florida. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, if he was named the next head coach here at Miami. Um, I don't know as much about Paco personally, um, but uh, it wouldn't shock me. I actually played on uh, Little League Baseball on the same team with Paco and Danny with both of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I grew up, grew up playing baseball with them, of course. So, um, the, those two are intriguing names to me because they both had obviously really good careers here at UM. John Jay, obviously, one of the best hitters in, in UM history as well. Vish, how do you feel about bringing in a guy like Jay or even Figueroa? Yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't talk about that damn banyan tree. <laughs> John Jay and I have under the radar beef. <laughs> They kept asking oh, questions. Oh my god, that nightmare! I can't get out of that nightmare. Um, <laughs> well, like the season's collapsing. He's talking about his banyan tree. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's very new to coaching, and it's a big risk to take someone that's essentially been with. I mean, he's been a coach of the months for a few months, right. and hand him the keys to this program. That'd be my only concern. Obviously, he knows baseball inside out. That's not like a concern. He's played, succeeded at the highest levels for a series champion. So, so you don't, and he's. You know, bid on teams that went to Omaha from here, so he knows what it takes at the college level. My only concern there would be that he's not really doesn't really have a lot of coaching experience. But for him, if it's someone like John Jay, the assistant coaches, those are going to matter a lot to do the day to day kind of teaching stuff. Because um, again, it's going to be tough for a first time head coach to have to do a lot of that. And we talked about this earlier. You don't get a lot of a lot of opportunities to you don't you can get a big staff in, in baseball. You get two assistants that's it so so it is is a tough 
tough, tough job to be a college baseball manager. You don't have a big staff to work with. You got to do a lot of the work yourself. So yeah. that'd be my only concern with him. I don't like, like Max, I don't really know much about Paco other than he's coaching at the Phillies. First of all, first of all, tap, I can coach and I've coached, all right, summer ball, travel ball, I've coached some really good players down here. Don't tell me that I can't coach, all right? Speak for yourself. Not about me. Gary, I love you, brother. Thanks for appreci- for, for putting me out there as a, as a candidate. And I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to all offers. Um, Dan Radakovich, holler at me, man. I got you, bro. I I'll, I'll, I'll send him your number. Yeah, yeah. Let, let Dan know I, I can coach, man. I love coaching. So I'll, I'll surround myself with great – Great, great recruiters and coaches. Max will be my uh, strength and conditioning coordinator. This will be my. Got to grow the mustache out again, I guess. <laughs> if you're gonna fit in on campus with that job, you got to, yeah. Oh yeah, right. No kidding. Um, so okay, so let's talk about a couple other guys, right? Yeah, obviously we've gone through some of those. Uh, some of those guys. That, you know. Oh, you know what? Another one that I'm not a huge fan of, of bringing in just because of the recent. You know, the recent stuff that's gone on with him, but Greg Lovelady obviously is another, you know, well-known candidate, former uh, former Miami player, obviously national champion, uh, went over to Wright State, had a really good career as a coach in Wright State, got a big-time job at UCF, didn't go so well at UCF, was just recently let go uh, this past season. Is that a name that you'd be intrigued in seeing down here in Miami coming back? I mean, I know he's beloved down here, right? We all love Greg Lovelady. Um, is he a guy that can come down here and maybe help this program win? I mean, sometimes, you know, past coaching jobs didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, you know, look at uh, Merville Melendez, right, who had some really good, uh, you know, um, uh, coaching jobs over at, uh, at uh, what was it, uh, Alabama State and some of these schools, and he just didn't work out at FIU. Is that kind of like, you know, the, 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 the route that you would take if you bring in a guy like Greg Lovelady? Would you guys be opposed to that, or do you like that option? I mean, like Melissa said, it's a solid name, but it's beautiful. It is a solid name. Good choice of high school. Does he still have the chops? I don't, I don't know if he still has the chops. That'd be pretty freaking cool, right? But uh, good. He went to a good high school. You know, went to a good college. But one postseason, what was it? Seven years at UCF. That's yeah. that's not a good record. I think he hit the ground running there and really elevated their program initially, and it looked to stagnate over the last few years. Now, now again, it's a different job there making the tournament out of a smaller conference is really hard um but you know UCF has underperformed for for a while and, and he was fired and yeah I whether it's bad optics or whatever I can't imagine Miami hiring a coach that was just fired by UCF I just don't see that happening no um all right so Max, I'll save this one for you. We'll go. We'll go to the next to the next potential candidate before I go down this list. Another one that's been spoken about recently a lot, right? Uh, speaking of UCF, is uh, Joe Girardi, who everybody knows Joe Girardi, right? Former Yankee coach, Marlon, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. His son actually plays at FIU now, uh, but he was rumored to be potentially taking the job over at UCF. Now it may not be that way, right? He may be looking elsewhere. Is he a name that we should really be, uh, you know, keeping a close eye on with Miami? Obviously, he does have some ties down here. Uh, his again, his son plays at FIU. It's a big, big name, right? It's it's a guy that coached for the New York Yankees. Come on now, 
Um, I hate to say that. I know Max. Take that, Red Sox fan. Yeah, you know it hurts me to say that a lot, but Joe Girardi's another name, right? Again, he hasn't really coached in the college ranks, though. He's more of a professional coach. The transition from that to, to college now recruiting, you know, he's you know, he's been known to be a little bit of a hard ass. How does that work out? Would just would you guys like to see a guy like Joe Girardi? I'll, I'll go to uh, to Max on this one. Well, I'm a Yankees fan, so I'm going to say yes, obviously. Uh, I mean, he's got four World Series wins. Um, yeah, he can be a little bit of a hard ass, but maybe that's what we need. Um, I, I just think he has so so much success as a head coach that he, he knows what it takes to get over the hump. He's done it before. And, uh, you know, there, there is a question mark with recruiting, but all he has to say is uh, I won four World Series with the Yankees come play for me and at the same time even with that like a, a completely separate thing is he makes sure one of those assistants has had experience recruiting right. and and that kind of solves that problem for you i mean a lot of the times the head coach isn't the main recruiter right so i would be a huge fan of that hiring i would probably run around my house run outside and do jumping jacks and be happy if, if that were the case I'm sure A Black would feel the same way. <laughs> oh, yeah. We already talked about it. I bet. I bet. Vish, what are your thoughts on Joe Girardi? Yeah, I mean, everything Max says spot on. Also, um, we're probably going to talk about this a, a little bit, but, you know, re- retaining players on this roster is going to be a challenge now. Um, and, look, the ultimate goal is to get to the next level and play there. Having a manager with connections all over the, the major league system is a huge selling point, not just for recruits, but players in the roster. As Max said, he's, he's, um, he's done this at the professional level. It is, it is a little bit different in, in college, but, you know, he's kind of managed through every kind of situation. It's not different in the sense that in, in the majors, you have a long season and then the postseason just comes at you fast and you got to kind of shift the way you play to get through series and that's that's something he's done successfully um he was offered the ucf job which he turned down which you know might be a hint of things to come but um because if you're getting offered the miami job or even think that's a possibility you're not going to take the ucf job so you know there might be a little bit of a hint there as, as was mentioned earlier he's living in the area now his kid plays at fiu so it's an easy transition for him yeah, I think I think it makes sense. Um, I think that it's it would be a it would be a home run hire if you ask me because of that, right? What Max mentioned, you know, the the four World Series, the you know the 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 ability to be able to develop. I mean, he's gonna be, he's gonna develop talent, right? I mean, that's that's what that's what head coaches do. Uh, you know, managers in, in pro baseball, they they don't just manage the lineups, man. These guys are still you know, in the day-to-day grind, and they are developing a lot of these players. So I think that he would surround himself with some of the best coaching talent there is. Uh, and That's another thing where he'd probably bring in some really good coaching talent, whether it's former pitching coaches in Major League Baseball, whether it's, you know, uh, first base, third base coaches that he's had some, you know, some experience with. So I, I like – I would like that hire. I wouldn't be opposed to it. He just needs to bring in a strong recruiter as well to help him with that because at the end of the day, yes, he just has to say – Hey, I've won four World Series rings, but at the same time, you got to bring someone in that has ties to, to other areas as well. Because what he's strong here in Florida, he's strong nationwide, um, and we'll probably talk about that later on about you know recruiting and you know how 
you know, I feel like they need to get back to their roots of, of recruiting the best players in South Florida, but still getting the studs outside of the state as well. So um, another guy I want to kind of talk about a little bit is this is probably going to be a hot name after, <laughs> after the uh, NCAA tournament. So I want to kind of get it out there now to see if they can steal him if they don't go after a guy like Girardi. Um, but Max, Corey Muscara, the pitching coach over at Wake Forest, I don't know. I don't. I don't need to say much, right? But he's got potentially the four best pitchers um, in, in college baseball. They can they can go at any time. They can be aces on any team in the country. He's got four of them over there at Wake Forest. He's developed talent at Wake Forest. Um, you know, obviously, Coach Walter and him have done an amazing job building that program up and getting it to where it is right now. Number one in the country. Number one seed nationally. Yada yada yada. Corey Mascara is a guy that I would really, really look at really hard, just as hard as potentially a guy like Girardi or some of these other names that we're going to go after. How do you feel about bringing in a guy like Corey Mascara, what he can do for this program? And look, pitching has always been something that – I mean, look at the national championship days with, with Santos and Roque and Gill and Mike New. and I mean, throw in whoever you want to throw in. Uh, you know, a, a name and, and pitching was big. Pitching always came up big for us. Um, you know, in every single situation where we were out there, uh, you know, battling for a World Series. So, Corey Mascara is, is a big time name. Is that someone you see here at Miami? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he has any ties. Um, that's one of the guys that I was going to start doing some research on because of how good Wake's pitching staff is. But also like to see kind of how long he's been doing it because you know. It's it's all good and dandy that he's doing it this year, but has he done it in the past? I know he had coached at Maryland for a while, um, and Maryland's been a decent program. So uh, a guy that I would definitely want to do some more research on, but I wouldn't be super opposed to it. Um, you know, the guy that I really liked was LSU's pitching coach, but he just got hired by Georgia this past week. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. But I... I do kind of agree with Smash Bro. I think it's going to be a quick hire. I don't think it's going to take too long. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I kind of feel like they've already had an idea. Again, this yeah. this may not be as surprising to uh, the administration and everybody around the program as it is to us. So I feel like they've kind of gotten a head start with this, and, and that, that's why I think you heard Dan Radakovich kind of say the search will begin immediately. It's because it's probably already been something that has been spoken about. Vish, how do you feel about Corey Mascara? Yeah, similar to what Max said. I mean, Wake Forest pitching is is ridiculous. It's hard to know whether that's, you know, the quality, like is that the recruiting or the, the actual pitching coach? Um, and I think a big thing is you got to have South Florida ties here to recruit locally and, and bring the talent in. So I, I don't know. I don't believe he has any ties to South Florida. So again, it'll be a, if you're going to go, and I'm not opposed to doing this, going kind of outside of the the South Florida community to bring in the head coach, there better be some assistance with, with ties to the area. Otherwise, you're going to be lost pretty quickly here. This is very much a, a fraternity culture with South Florida baseball, um, which if you ever go to a base, Canes baseball game or jazz, you'll see really quickly. He knows half the people in the crowd from Little League and stuff. <laughs> so so you need people that can tap into that. So it's fine. This, if, this if will be there. like – where did Jazz go? Oh, yeah. He's over there talking about well, oh, Brian Asbury, apparently. But. Brian Asbury, I did that <laughs> for a while. That was awesome, man. Oh, but, but, yeah. But, I mean, that's really important to have that. 
you know, that, that insider that can, can get, can, can break through there. So if you're going to go for with someone like Mascara as the head coach, you better have, you know, assistants that can go do that work, which, which is maximum some of the assistants do much, most of the recruiting anyways, so it's probably not a big deal. And also, I mean, this is a program that's successful now that it has been for a few years. Um, and so, so I, I, you know, that's one of the ways to get better is a poach assistance off of successful programs. Absolutely. So, so that, that's definitely an appealing option. I'm old smash 2001, man. Graduate high school, 2001. And uh, Gary, I mean, I, I keep telling Vish, I've got all the South Florida ties you need, brother. That's it. You know, what, yeah, what you know, I, slow. That's all the ties you need right there. I mean, how, I mean, how much easier can my job get? Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, Oh, cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let me know. Send us. Uh, let me know where where you play, where you play ball at. Um. All right, so let's kind of go down a list of some of the other names that are still out there, whether they're head coaches, position coaches, yada yada yada. The first one that keeps popping up is also Dan McDonald. Dan McDonald, McDonald, who is the head coach at Louisville. Obviously, he's had some success recently. He's built up a pretty good program there in Louisville. Uh, a guy that's been rumored now for a few years to go to come a couple of different places, like even like Alabama and some of these other big names. Um, that's one of the names. I'm going to throw out a couple of names, and then you guys can kind of, uh, you know, talk a little bit about. Uh, I wouldn't mention Brian O'Connor. He's the head coach at Virginia, and he's got a hell of a program there. He won a national title. That's not someone that I think is going to go anywhere right now, considering what he's doing at Virginia. Uh, an interesting name is Cliff Godwin, who's the head coach at East Carolina. He is a former player there. That's his alma mater. He's been there a few years, about three years now as the head coach, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, Rudd is my boy. I played semi-pro ball with Rudd, too. Michael Rudman is my homie, um, obviously a former Miami Hurricane pitcher as well. So uh, very cool, very cool, man. Yeah, I know, I know Rudd real, real well. Smash, send me, a, send me a Twitter DM with your name and all that stuff. Obviously, we don't want to get too, uh, uh, too uh, public here with all that stuff. But, um, yeah, Cliff Godwin is another big name. Uh, we mentioned Tom Walter. He's probably not going to go anywhere right now building that juggernaut over there in Wake Forest. But how about some of those names? We'll kind of go down the list a little bit again. But McDonald, uh, Godwin. How do you guys feel about some of those names? Like, I mean, East Carolina obviously um, – you know, made the regional this year as well. They played really well in the regional. I know they got bumped out at the end. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, you've got, like I, like I mentioned, McDonald, who's building a really good program in Louisville. How do you guys feel about going outside the box and, bring, you know, getting some of those guys? I just wanted to make a statement. Florida State just lost in the uh, College World Series for softball. Just, oh, they lost to Oklahoma? Yeah, just, just saying. Oklahoma's a uh, – they're the reigning champs, right? Aren't they? Back to back to back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're nasty, man. Lost one game this year. Wow. Yeah. Fifty nine and well, now sixty and and one. So they so they won it all already. Though? That was the, yeah. yeah that I was, think the, that, they, they that just, was a clincher. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, anyways, about these names. Sorry, I just love when Florida State loses. Yeah, so. I feel you. <laughs> um, no, nah, I really like the Louisville coach. I think he's good. Um, I don't see the Wake Forest coach or the Virginia coach coming. I agree with you on that. Um, I really, really like the East Carolina coach. Uh, I think he'd be solid here. He's, he's done well over there for a couple of years now. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it again. It's so fresh that I haven't done a ton of research yet. Um, but I, I'm just excited to, to get this thing underway. 
Here's here's some other names for you, Vish. Mark uh, Wazikowski, who's the head coach of Oregon. Uh, of course, they made it to to the regionals this year as well. I think they were the two seed in the Auburn regional, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they they played really well. Uh, another name that we know that they he's building a really good program over there is Chris Pollard over at Duke, right? He's obviously got something something nice going on over there. As good as Duke is right now, this would be a huge step up for him and a possibility to be at a really, really big time, you know, blue blood program like UM. I think that's another good one. Um, Max, you mentioned Maryland. I think Rob Vaughn is the head coach at Maryland. Um, another guy, Campbell, is another great program that is playing some really good baseball. Justin Hare there. What what about some of those names, Vish? Yeah, the, la- the last time he went outside of Miami and hired someone was Jim Morris and pulled him from Georgia Tech. So it's not that we won't we go will, full. Yeah, look we'll out. Exactly. yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Oregon. Um, although this is this is definitely true. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I will say, but I will say that in the Pac-12, you know that. Once the two Los Angeles schools leave, that baseball strength is going to drop again, and it's not going to be as attractive a conference for coaches to be in. So there's an opportunity potentially there to, to to get coaches out of there. And same thing goes with, I mean, Maryland has plenty of money. It's in the Big Ten, but the Big Ten for baseball is not really anything. So, again, there's opportunities to pull, pull so their so coaches Miami and FSU join it. But that's well, neither here nor there. Yeah, that, um, that is neither here nor there. Um, so, so I, yeah, I think there's some opportunities there to, and even within conference, you mentioned Duke. Um, they're obviously still playing, but I mean, it's just that's just baseball stuff, right? With the uh, <laughs> Clemson and Miami are out, and Duke is still playing, right? That's just that's how baseball works sometimes. But, crazy. but. But yeah, no, I think I think that's definitely an option because I think we'll give more money and more facilities and more opportunity to win at a high level here than you'd ever get at Duke. Here's here's the dark. Uh, there's two dark horse names that I'm going to mention that I'm familiar with. You guys may be familiar with them as well. And believe it or not, one of them really has. Um, uh, no, he's not going to steal the Clemson coach. This is his first year there. Just yeah, ready. yeah. I was about to. Just... You're talking about Backage, yeah. yeah. He's not and, and also, that wasn't even a Radakovich hire, so. Yeah, because the, the new guy would have hired him. Right true, true. Here are two names that I really like that are under the radar guys, are not obviously at big schools. They're at mid-major, smaller schools. But first one is Jose Vasquez, who is the head coach at uh, Alabama State now. Um, this guy has, you know, he's been the SWAT coach of the year back-to-back years, which might not say something, but you know how I feel about baseball and how much talent there is outside of Power 5 schools and even mid-majors and smaller schools. Um, to do those kind of things at a school like Alabama State, that's a big, that's a big uh, accomplishment. I like a guy like Jose uh, Vasquez. He's been at places like Bethune-Cookman who have had really solid programs uh, for a mid-major team. Um, and then the other coach for me is Omar Johnson. A lot of people don't know about him. And he's, you know, and the, the, the coach that was known at this school was Deion Sanders, right? So he's the head coach at Jackson State. He's been there 17 years. He's got ties to South Florida because he always brings talent. I actually almost played at Jackson State. That's a little-known fact there. Um, uh, after my Tommy John, I wanted to play baseball. I almost went to Jackson State. But um, 17 years in that program, he's won multiple – multiple. Uh, what's a conference called? Jesus, the South – I think it's the Southland Conference. 
Um, but we're talking about, you know, he's led he's led Jackson State to an NCAA tournament. Uh, 17 years in one program. He does have ties to South Florida because he does recruit down here, and he recruits down here pretty heavy um, based off of what I know, my knowledge of, of, you know, of, you know, having some kids that were interested in his program when I was coaching uh, high school ball as well. So I know that he, rec- he recruits the area, so he knows the coaches down here. He knows the program. Would you guys be opposed to having a guy like, uh, like a Vasquez or an Omar Johnson who are coaching at mid-major programs but have a lot of coaching experience or a guy like Johnson who has South Florida ties. How, how open are you guys to having a guy like that come in here uh, that have been doing it for quite a while? Max, what are you on that first? Yeah. I mean, baseball is one of those rare sports where you have insane coaching talent and an insane playing talent at the lowest levels. Like even at the Juco level, some Juco schools have probably more talent than some power five schools. It's just crazy that way because you can leave after one year instead of having to, to wait three years. So to me, it doesn't really matter where the coach come from, uh, comes from. You know, we're talking about a potential John Jay hire who's has half a year of MLB coaching experience. So to me, where they come from doesn't really matter. It's just can, you know, can they get the job done? Um, and at the end of the day, I don't know enough about all of these coaches yet to know if they can. Uh, and I probably never will because I'm not an athletic director. So, uh, I mean, my opinion doesn't really matter too too much, but uh, I, I I wouldn't uh, you know be be scared away because they're at a smaller school. But there is one coach I did want to mention again. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to my guy Jim uh, Scott Brown, who's the current pitching coach at Vanderbilt. I think would be another guy that uh, it, you know comes from a pitching background, has been at a powerhouse school, and has done really really well. Um, that would be name. huge. That'd be that's a big name. Player. Yeah, it's a name that he had mentioned to me earlier today. Uh, I think that'd be that'd be huge as well. Here's a here's a name that I think a lot of people would like, um, and I think uh, Smash Bro just uh, mentioned Miami Dade College, but Adrian Morales. I mean, how big would that be, right? National champion played at South Carolina, was a third baseman for South Carolina when they won it all, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and now he's the head coach. He's obviously a local kid, South Florida ties. He's the head coach at Miami Dade College. If, if there's anything that that we know down here, South Florida, Miami Dade College always has a hell of a baseball program. Um, and for a kid like that to come in and maybe you know go up to these rent to the you know the Power Five conference, D one school, and coach and bring some of those players that he would normally get at Miami Dade, who are as a matter of fact, this you and I mentioned the Korean kid that's um, that plays for Miami Dade is committed to go play in Miami. Um, they always pump out. Uh, really, really good players that get drafted year in and year out, and uh, that's that's to me is kind of a dark horse as well. And you know, altogether because you know he's local, he's a former national champion at a Power Five school at an SEC program, um, and he's got the ties that you need, and he's coached at a at a really good school in Miami Dade College. That's another option for me. I mean, that's the guy that if. I guess not if all else fails, but I think he should be up there as one of the one of the candidates, definitely who should get a shot. Uh, albeit if he wants it, of course, right? I mean, that wouldn't be a bad pick. So I, I like Adrian Morales as well as kind of like that dark horse candidate on top of. Well, I think he's definitely gettable. Like if you get, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. He's gonna, you're gonna get him, right? right, right. <laughs> so that's that's at least an easier uh, sell there. 
I guess Melissa has a, has a question I don't have a good answer to, but I'm curious if either of you do. Is is it preferable to get a coach that is a former pitcher? Um, no, no, not necessarily. Look, Girardi was a former catcher, right? So uh, I, I actually, I like uh, coaches that were catchers. Catchers or pitchers, like yeah. those are the two positions that I like the most. Um, like, or even yeah. shortstops, or even shortstops too. I like that too. Um, and I'm not saying that because of Alex Cora or anything like that. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, why don't why don't you just let him... bring Alex Cora? That's yeah. What while, while while we're talking about a love coming back to coach, yeah. Why don't <laughs> you just let us Alex Cora, Jess? Yeah, yeah right. Just get Alex Cora. Why not? He's why got not? he's got unfinished business business from that. Uh, the most famous picture of him in college is not a good one. So no, it's not. I don't want to talk about that. So so maybe he comes back here and finishes the job. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, former pitchers definitely are some of the you know the better. I guess you can say the better coaches. Uh, but you see a lot of short former shortstops and catchers as well, uh, just because of the nature of their position, right, and what they do. Um, yeah, you typically see those guys coaching a lot, but you see a lot of different. Well, they have to do a lot more of the strategy stuff. They have to call the pitches and absolutely. That's the catcher and the pitcher working together. Right? So, absolutely, absolutely. So, I yeah, I totally yes, get yes, that. Yes, that is. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if that changes now that they radio in thing to the respect. By the way, I don't like. I, I hate the whole. <laughs> Everyone's just standing around off. like reading the play off their wrists. So it's like crazy, man. Yeah, that might age that 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 advantage of getting a pitcher or a catcher. That's kind of how the call I gave. Might might age out of the system in about ten years, but right now it's still it's still in there. I hate it though. I hate them going to their wristband and looking at the pitch. It's technology, it's, man, embrace it. It's ridiculous. You know, baseball is kind of behind the eight ball and all that stuff all the time, anyways. So, um, yeah, so was I, Poke. So that's why I'm a hell of a coach. But anyways, um, I digress. I mean, you're politicking for the job. You got to give you that. <laughs> At this point, if I don't at least get a phone call or a DM or something from someone on, you know, in the administration, I'm going to be disappointed. All right. Um, no, but in all honesty, I think, look, this is the next thing. And we'll kind of finish with this here. Uh, what it's going to do to the recruiting class now, the future, and the guys that are on the team now. If you're, and this is how I'll pose this question, Vish. If you are a current player on this team right now, and you see that your head coach has resigned, and now they're going to bring in a new guy. How do you feel? Are you a guy that's – I mean, look, the transfer portal, right? It's 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 something that we can't get away from. Do you take a shot there? Do you say, well, let's wait and see who it is that comes in and how I'm going to be utilized on this team before I decide to you know enter the portal? Or is it just like I'm going to get the hell out of here because I know we got to do so much work here? Um, I think it's a wait and see. Well, I think one of the things you got to understand is you mentioned 11.7 scholarships. There's not a lot of opportunity in baseball. It's not like other sports. And there's a huge difference in baseball versus like basketball and being in a mid-major versus a major. You're playing a lot of sloggy games in the middle of nowhere. If you're not in a major conference playing in like really crappy stadiums and you're at Miami right now. So I think it's definitely a wait and see unless you know, if you're one of the, I'm not going to name names, but obviously I think we know where our best returning player is and players of that caliber have options. So they don't really have to worry about like starting somewhere. But if you think you're going to start here or have an opportunity, you got to at least wait and see who the new manager is. Um, Cause you know, you go into the portal, even if a big school picks you up, you might not play a lot there. Just, and 
if one doesn't, you might end up at a school that you don't really want to be playing at. Right. So baseball is so limited in opportunities. You see kids even before the transfer portal, just like, you know, play for a year because of the scholarship limits, you know, they don't get them renewed. It's a brutal sport. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, you, you got to take the bird in hand. How do you feel, Max? I agree with Vish. I think you wait and figure out who like the next coach is. I mean, imagine being a player, right? You hop on the portal and then you find out Joe Girardi is going to be the head coach and you're already, you've already left. Like who wouldn't want to play for a guy that's won four world series at the highest level. Um, so to me, I think you wait and, and you, and you give that new person a chance and, and, and go from there. Okay. Final question. So we can get out of here. I got a pack. Whatever. You should have thought of that before you showed up late. Yeah. Well, I was doing other stuff. How about that? And I, I crawled work. out of my sick bed. I do, to do this. I do work. All right. I do work. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I can, this is how I can pack. All right. Final question before everybody, uh, before we get out of here. If you had to pick one coach, I know it's early. If you had to pick one coach to coach University of Miami, everybody has to give me a different answer. Max, I'll go with you first because I know who you're going to mention. Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. All right. Mitch, how about you? Well, I mean, he took mine. Um, <laughs> I have to really go with a different answer. Yes, you do. Jazz Santana. No, you stop it. <laughs> hey, man, we've got nominations here. Don't blow smoke up my ass or Gary's. I want a, re- a legitimate, legitimate guy. Come on. Give me so, so realistically, I would look at someone like East Carolina's coach. I think that's a move we or can make probably. that high level maintenance of a program that probably with a little bit more talent could take it to the next level. Fair enough. I like that. Um, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'll go Corey Mascara. Then. Thought you were gonna go Jazz Santana. You can't even get you uh, get you to nominate yourself. No, because listen, I gotta give someone else a shot because I know if I go in there, it's. It's back-to-back Natties all day. Natty, <laughs> Natty Ices. That's what I meant, Natty Ices. <laughs> so you're, you're already lowering standards, man. We can't. Yeah. This is why you're not getting the job. I'm just kidding, by the way. Natty National Championships. That's what I meant, Josh White. <laughs> oh, boy. Gonna, no. You are going to get a DM from, from, from some department now. It's not going to be the way you want it to. Though. Uh, Max, this Thank you guys for coming on. I guess, I guess we, last time we signed off with we'll see in, after fall ball, maybe do a little recap of that. I guess this case, we'll see when they hire a coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys when um, yeah when we get a new coach. Poke, hit me up, man. DM me. I got to talk to you about something, too. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. And uh, thanks for watching. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah. Six rings can't show. <laughs> you know. <laughs>